came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Cheers, boys. Cheers to one year. Oh, oh, oh. That'll put some hair on your chest, little man. And we're coming straight out of a bottle of Johnny Red to you live. It's a podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. we got Adam Rallick in the house. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry for slacking off last week. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Howdy, 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 y'all. And unofficially, tonight we're brought to you by Johnny Walker, Red Label. Send us some stuff. Hey. Johnny Red Neat. Not Do even unofficially. Poor man's blue label, right? But you know, officially, we're brought to you by Pamp Coffee, guys. And I know I've told you this a hundred times before, but it's the best coffee that is on the market, in my opinion. Would you guys agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When we get it for free. Yep. And it is, you know, it's right here from San Diego. It's local. You can check it out on etsy.com slash shop slash Pamp Coffee. And that is... P-A-M-P, motherfuckers. Check it out. Now, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is by far our most requested episode. Um, And in this series, we are diving off the deep end into one of the most influential, would you say, uh, most popular, most prominent shows to come out of the 1990s. Looking like this one is going to be a three-parter. Um, in part one, we aim to take you through the background of the man responsible for the X-Files, along with the history of the show's creation, most notably its influences and precursors. In part two, we will take a look at the show, some top episodes, including our favorites, the show's downfall, and most importantly, some real-life X-Files. And in part three, we will get into both films, the revival, and everything else. Probably even the porno. (laughs) Now, what are y'all's first exposures to this legendary series? Well, some of us haven't been exposed to it at all. This is not true. Here's the thing. (laughs) And here's the thing. Okay, and here's the thing. Now, I remember as a kid growing up, X-Files, I'm pretty sure it was on either like Saturday or Sunday nights on Fox. Okay. Does that sound about right? Sounds about right. Now, um, we can verify that next week. I'm sorry I didn't do the research into that yet. Crack research. It's it's my fault. (laughs) Anyway, no, was it on Fox? It was on Fox. On Fox. And like, our it either came on after America's Most Wanted, which is like the one show that scares me, or Cops. Well, no, Cops. I'm okay with. I've come to terms with it. Or it came on after The Simpsons on Sunday nights, and that was bedtime. So. As a kid. Wow. So what does that mean? So like I remember like... So he saw it, but he didn't actually see it. Like I would stay awake enough, long enough to hear the theme song. And then you just boom, pass it out. No, then I had to go to bed. Oh. Otherwise, Dennis was kicking his ass in the next (laughs) week. And you never stayed up to watch it? No. Have you met this? You've met this guy's dad. (laughs) You don't want to make him mad. I could fall asleep anywhere. When I was first exposed to it, fuck, I mean, dude, you're I the oldest. That. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, memory's gone. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Some X Files shit right there. I so, mean, the first that I can honestly remember is watching it with Dad way back in the day. Okay, with you and Dad, I think. So that was probably ninety. Uh, I mean, it had to be ninety after ninety three. Till infinity. 
Now, how about just the 90s in general? I mean, growing up in that era of television. Greatest generation. Okay, so what were your favorite shows then? Not exposed to the X-Files. You couldn't stay up late enough to watch <laughs> it. We get that. What were the some of the greatest shows that you did watch? You want me to just rant these off, list these off? Yeah, you said you got a lot of rants. Let's get to them. Doug, Hey Arnold, Rugrats, Simpsons, all the Disney Channel stuff. Okay. Yeah. You are we to... talking like Brink or like? Well, those the movies were great. The TV shows were great. Everything, everything on TV in the '90s was good. I defy you to tell me one thing in the '90s that was not good. Really, Friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, Friends. Don't at me. Seinfeld. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa! I wouldn't go that far. Hey, what's that show about? It's about <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> um, Maybe watch it sometime. Now, it's funny. Everything I did read said that it was literally Seinfeld and X Files were like the two most popular shows to come out of the nineties. Boy yeah. Meets World. Maybe you're familiar or with that. Or most influential. Boy Meets World. Yes, thank you. You think that was more popular than Seinfeld or the X Files? To been. me, yeah. to you. Okay. Um, honestly, Ask anyone RH. You know, I'm g- probably going to get a lot of flack for this. Not a big fan of Boy Meets World. Let's just stop the podcast right I now. I honestly uh, just well, thought you that... Know what? After, after like the first couple of seasons, I see that. Honestly, I just thought the characters were annoying. It fucking reminded me of school every time it was on. <laughs> oh, I just was like, I don't want to fucking see anything that has to do with school. No, see, I think I model myself as like a combo between Mr. Feeney and Mr. Turner. Oh, but God. we're getting off track. <laughs> we, we digress. Okay. So what about, do you guys remember the show So Weird? Do you guys remember a show called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ooh, so yes, to both of those. Goosebumps, perhaps? Now, which Secret one? Secret World of Alex Mack. All right. Which one of those shows, including The X-Files, scared you the most? Um, America's Most Wanted. No. <laughs> no, listen, well, my, now, mom, my mom used to watch that shit right before I went to bed on Saturday night. So then I'm thinking to myself, like, great, all these crazy killer dudes are on the loose. Oh, I think I used to feel like that with Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, see? When I was a little kid, though, TV shows didn't really scare me as much as Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, please. Please. Now, I actually got scared. And you got scared of that movie, too. I got scared of So Weird. Well, that's weird. Really? Which is a horrible show. <laughs> I mean, I tried Great to, cast, though. I tried to watch it. What it's about? basically so weird as X-Files for kids. And the UFO clip in the intro, look this up. That's our Just Google It. So weird intro. Um, that shit scared the fuck out of me for some reason. So did the intro of the X-Files when it shows the screaming face. You guys remember Ooh, that? Yeah. Yep. Now, that's that shit actually did scare the fuck out of me. Um I mean, the music, everything about this show was good. Now, now, what year did Under Wraps come out? That was a good one, too. wasn't scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what I'm else I'm just we still got? naming good 90s shows, but I think that was actually early 2000s. Okay, but I mean, do you... I remember the first time... So, Dad... Our father, no secret. Uh, also, apparently... <laughs> Just cut that. I'll also, keep that. What? That's funny. Okay, continue. That's <laughs> funny, father, dude. It's no secret. He's a huge sci-fi fan. I mean, we probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast if it wasn't for his upbringing. And it's no secret that he also gave... Well, helped create you. 
helped him first. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the next file case. This right. guy. It's actually an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Um, Danny DeVito. He used to watch the X Files, and I remember a specific episode. I think again. My mom was out of town, so of course we got to stay up late, watch got some weird shit. pizza, watch yeah, weird shit. Yeah, yeah, watch weird shit. So I remember staying up and watching this episode, and it was one of the first Black Oil episodes. Um, and it scared the living fuck out of me. <laughs> it's like a deep sea diver. I mean, we'll probably get into this more on the next episode since we're diving into our favorite episodes. Oh, <laughs> Good dude, pun there. Literally scared the fuck out of me. Um, couldn't have been more scared. So, without further ado, let's get into the X Files, the history of its creation, the man responsible. A majority of the research comes from the X Files FAQ by John Kenneth Muir. Um, this is a must-read for any true X Files fan. Now, brief overview: X Files. Uh, it's been nearly two decades since the premiere. Originally airing from September of 93 to May of 2002, spanned nine seasons, consisted of 202 episodes. Um, X-Files would go on to become a pop culture phenomenon and the highest rated horror-based TV series in history. Um, Few, if any, horror-based series have uh, become as popular as the X-Files. I mean, what can you guys think of as far as horror-based TV goes? American Horror Story? Okay, that's up there. That's definitely up there. Um, Walking Dead mm. is another big one. I think they said that was the closest. But X-Files is often compared to Star Trek. Oh, wow. And um, another big rated uh, sci-fi horror series, Twilight Zone. But... What about True Detective? That's more crime, though, I guess. Yeah, but, but see, that's like HBO, so it's not... Um, cable series, you know, yeah, you know, some people they can't afford it. Uh, now, <laughs> just as with any legendary series, the X Files brought us classic phraseology such as the truth is out there, trust no one, and I want to believe. Shout out to the homie Ross Cawthon. Sorry, I don't understand the reference. That's fine, you don't have to. The truth is out there, okay. Now, also. Went on to spawn numerous spinoff series and imitations, most notably Millennium and The Lone Gunman. Uh, But before we can properly break down the show, which will be in part two, we need to understand the climate of the U.S. when the show came out, its predecessors, influences, and the man responsible for the whole thing, whom is none other than Chris Carter. The football player? (laughs) Different guy. Totally different guy. A much more expensive Chris Carter. Christopher Carl Carter. Triple C. <laughs> <laughs> now, right off the that's bat. A, that's his nickname, That dude. sounds like a fake. Yeah, his, his name's Cora Seed and Colden Cough. <laughs> they call him Triple C. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't fucking around, I'll tell you that. Now, this guy, Christopher Carl Carter, Triple C, we'll call him. Born October 13th, 1956 in Bellflower, California. Now, he says his childhood was fairly normal. And honestly, I couldn't really find much of any uh, funny or weird stories by way of Carter's childhood. I mean, this guy was no Stephen King. (laughs) He wasn't getting into classic antics like um, some of the other guys we've covered, Phil Dick and Stephen King. What's that restaurant you like with all the things on the wall? 
Shenanigans. <laughs> You're talking now, about shenanigans, right? He was surprisingly an athletic young buck. Uh, not a big sci-fi fan or a geek at all, really. Uh, he says he didn't even see a single Star Trek episode until 95. Well, that's probably for the better. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a Star Trek fan? Nah. Uh, you don't get into the philosophy? Oh, what's that poster on our wall right there? Is that a Star Trek poster? Hey. So you're only a fan of George Toy Boy Lucas? <laughs> Is that his nickname? <laughs> no, Roddenberry had some good shit on that show, dude. Well, I don't know about that. We'll get I never to that. On, into it. We'll get to that on the Star Trek. And episode. if anyone's into toys, it's you. Look at this damn room. So, Chris Carter didn't see a single Star Trek episode until '95. He boasts about that. Um, <laughs> Although he he did say he loved the show The Magician, which was what on. Is he bragging about that? Well, <laughs> it would be cooler if you never watched it. No, I guess he's just saying like. Yeah, I didn't watch one until '95. You fucking nerds. Well, because uh, um, X Files is often compared to Star Trek. They're saying like, hey, this was groundbreaking philosophical stuff you're getting to in these episodes, just mm. like Star Trek was. It's an anthology series, just like Star Trek. And they're comparing it to that. And he's like, hey, look, I didn't even, I wasn't a fan growing up. I wasn't a fucking Trekkie. I'm I was a- out here hustling <laughs> triple C, dude. Yeah. Now he says he was an athletic guy hustling triple C. Now, he um, was a basketball coach. He says he did love coach the show. Carter. I'm not a teacher. now he he did love the show the magician which was on from 73 to 74 now i i did not watch an episode of this but it was about a guy who used magic to solve crimes and help people that sounds a bit odd now i would think (laughs) you would use magic for the exact opposite to trick people you know get away with crimes Mm. how is this guy using magic to solve the crimes well, that's a secret. No one knows. Could you just <laughs> <laughs> a good magician never reveals? Could you imagine David Blaine doing something like that? They're in the vault, like stealing the money, and then oh, they're in jail. <laughs> You're just in jail. Then it's just his face zooming in on his face, like David Blaine. Now he he does cite uh, the magician as a minor influence on the X Files, and this is actually playing on the TV when Mulder's sister Samantha gets abducted. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, no, I did not. And Carter says to this day, he has had no paranormal uh, or strange or weird experiences himself. Like, how can you make a whole TV series about that if you've never... Well, I mean, that's the thing. That seems to be the case with a lot of these people. I mean, look at uh, Stephen King, David Lynch. Uh, the list goes on. <laughs> Stephen I mean, King's a pretty weird guy. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he never, like, everyone's like, oh, man, you must have had some crazy fucked up shit happen to you to write this shit. And he's like, I mean, not really. I mean, it's all relative. I mean, he's a normal guy. We did a bio on him. Nothing hey, no disrespect. I'm just saying the guy's kind of weird. Hey, nothing Damn good writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, most people think, like, oh, these guys must have had some crazy shit happen to them. But usually they're just normal people, you know? Um, usually. So we got an athletic Mr. Carter, a big baseball guy. Uh, You know, this guy was playing Little League until he discovered his true passion at the age of 12, which was, anyone, anyone? Golf. (laughs) Nah, brah, surfing, dude. This guy became a fucking major surfer, bro, dude. Now, 
From fucking Bellflower, California. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just gotta fucking just gotta chase my passion of surfing. It's a fucking lifestyle, dude. Getting totally pitted. Getting fucking <laughs> barreled. Now he does cite one event as having a huge impact on his life, um, his upbringing, his mindset, his psyche, if you will, and this is. The Watergate scandal of 1972. Mm. Shout, Which, out, shout out to our last episode. Yep, we covered that in our anniversary episode. Convenient. Um, now, scandal right here in our okay. own studio. Teabag wasn't on that one. Yep. He's doing some Nixon cover up of his own. <laughs> now, he claims he didn't even know that we did it. So maybe if some of our listeners that wasn't interesting them, how about our lawyer Rob? Go ahead and sum up Watergate in three sentences for Please. us. History textbook, right? Yeah, here. a little run through from beginning to end. Yeah, just you know, the cliff notes, if you will. Cliff notes, okay. Uh, so this. there's five guys that get, you know, arrested, detained, if you will, for breaking and entering into the DNC, which is the Democratic, you know, where all their stuff's going down. All their info is <laughs> They're going through file cabinets. They're going through whatever other kind of shit is in there. I don't know. Uh-huh. I've never been in the place. Right. Okay. And uh, they own up to it. And then, you know, old Dick, Dick Nixon over here, he says, hey, look, I'm not a crook, okay? <laughs> I am not a crook. I am not a crook. Okay. And uh, a crook never calls himself a crook. <laughs> Basically, he's saying, hey, I don't even know who these fucking guys are. I don't know why they're doing that, but I didn't have any part in it. Then come to find out, he's the one that's orchestrating the whole damn thing. Plus probably other shit that we never even found out about because the guy decided to resign shortly thereafter. As soon as they started investigating it, he wants to pull the old Donald Trump and start firing everyone left and right. So to spark notes your spark notes. And I wish that I actually did some research on this because... <laughs> I'd like to know the number of people that Donald Trump has fired so far. Now, we got to sum this up, and we can't get on Trump. We did that last episode. Let me let me see if I got this. Nixon, a Republican. Yes, sir. Sent his homies to break into the Democratic National Convention. Well, it wasn't really his homies. It was people that were part of his presidential cabinet. His homies. Yeah, we'll call them his homies. All right. Broke into the Democratic National Convention. Is that what DNC stands for? God damn it. Sorry, I'm asking the important questions. It's basically the Democrats' headquarters committee in Washington. Democratic National Committee. It was their headquarters. So he broke into the Democratic headquarters to look uh, through some right. records. I'm just clarifying. I'm trying allegedly. to say I didn't listen. Allegedly. 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 That's, no, this that's is what happened. Is. This is proof. People called him Proven. out. Okay, so people called him out on it, and he, had to ret- he tried to deny it. At first, yeah. Yes, and then, and then he owned it. Then he was like, well, we're fucked. Well, no, he covered it up, and then he resigned because he realized he would be impeached and likely removed from office. So this is like the Patriots spygating. Well, yeah, Mm. essentially, that's like, so... Well, Bill Belichick (laughs) is still the coach there, so no, it's not like that at all. (laughs) No, it actually is like that. So it's like... Well, Bill Belichick is still the coach there, so no, it's not. Yes, look, Nixon looking into Watergate and covering up is like Bill Belichick saying, Hey, hey, Goodell, spygate? We'll go ahead and look into that. 
I'll go ahead and look into it. I'll get my best guys on it. And right, we'll get maybe you're familiar with Tom Brady. Yeah, he'll be looking into it. Hey, we'll get to he'll the get, bottom. Gonna, I'm going to have Tom type look up at his phone. Look at you. his phone. Now we're going to get to the bottom of this thing. And then, boom, it gets exposed. And then Tom's over there deflating footballs to yeah. create the next fucking scandal. And that's another thing that we actually didn't touch on last episode. For a whole breakdown on Watergate, check out our last episode. But we didn't really touch on that was such a influential event that became the fucking catalyst for every single sort of fuckery cheating thing watergate spy gate deflate gate name a fucking another gate i mean what if that had (laughs) (laughs) what if that had what if it wasn't that cruel that's not really a gate though um what if the hotel name like what could be a crazier name than watergate to where every scandal became something like really weird like if that happened at a Holiday Inn Express, <laughs> and everything else became known as like the Holiday Inn Express scandal, deflate in. Um, Could someone like <laughs> sponsor this? You know what I'm saying? Buy the pamp, the pamp scandal. We want to be the name. That we don't want to be scandals, dude. Well. Now let's just <laughs> while we're on it. I mean, political That's scandals. Good life advice, by the way. Don't ever be a scandal. Now, political scandals as a whole. I mean, they haven't gotten better. Look, we got Bill Clinton. We <laughs> had. What would you call that scandal, though? What? Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yeah, the blowjob scandal. We've just got straight, you can't call blowjob that. gate. <laughs> well, we got Bill Clinton. We got Iran Contra, and I mean, even look at today's climate. To go back to Trump, leave um, Bill out of this. Government mistrust. The whole fucking nine. I 9/11. mean, eleven. Do you think it's gotten any better? I think it stayed the same, dude. Politics is still the same. Yeah, I was actually talking to our dear father because he called me up. And it's no secret. And I was talking to him. It's no secret that he's our dad. Because he was alive in Watergate. It's no secret. He was about, um, I think, like 13, 14. I said, hey, was it worse back then, like, than it is now? Like, the times, the, 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 the news, everything. And he said, you know... Probably about the same, but just now you have so much media outlets mm-hmm. and like everything is so visible with the internet and everything that it's just more widespread. Um, you know, back then it was like, and again, like we talked about, like the news sites weren't as polarized. So you didn't have like the same shit being broadcasted over and over and then you change and it's a complete 180. It was more like, um, like the news back then was like C-SPAN where they just showed the literal hearings, and that's where you got your news. That's it. Uh, but I still think that, I mean, like today you go online and you read like a fucking BuzzFeed article or something, and some You're people- You're the only person yeah, in the world who looks like Oh my God, <laughs> it's all dude. Clickbait. I'm not saying- No, no, no hey, 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 hear him out, hear him out. He's right. saying that- I'm saying there's people out there that go on those type of and sites- And take them and for 100% like, news. They're like, oh, this is really what happened. And they're, they're like- will go to their fucking grave believing these stupid fucking sites. I mean, it's look, the same thing back then with the newspapers and TV. Like, you see something in the newspaper, right, you believe right, that right. it's real. So I I think that... But I think the newspapers were more honest back then. What about yellow no journalism? Way, dude. Did you read a book? That was like the fucking 30s, dude. <laughs> this was the seventies, dude. You had Bob, uh, you had Saget. Bernstein and Woodward. Uh, they were fucking getting. To, they blew this whole scandal That's out of the water. One guy. Hey, if not one, then who? <laughs> if not now, then when? 
You know, journalisms are just as big as crooks as dick nicks. No, honestly, I think it, th- are that we getting political on this episode. No, oh, dude, you should have been here last yeah. week. Oh, uh, glad I now, wasn't. dude. Honestly, I think it being alive in the mid '60s, early '70s um, would be racist, dude. That shit must <laughs> what? <laughs> That's your one word to describe that <laughs> that era. What was that? No, I'm not repeating it. Repeat they? So to be alive in the mid '60s, early '70s must have been scary as fuck, dude. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Think about it. You had fucking people getting murked left and right. Like if a leader spoke out against something, they just fucking rub them out. They still do that. They just oh, rubbing them out. Name oh, me one guy that's thing. name me a, a big guy that's been assassinated. Besides that, a big guy. Y'all yeah. don't rub one out nightly. Oh, okay. We're not talking about that okay. kind of rubbing well, up. Merc him. They fucking murking him left and right. JFK speaks out, gets fucking murked. Mm, um, MLK, murked. Yep. Bobby Kennedy, murked. Malcolm X, murked. Huey Lewis, murked. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying. Mid 60s, early 70s, fucking um, Kent State Massacre. Mm. The National Guard, that's what uh, my dad also said. He said, you know, you didn't have the National Guard blowing away college students. Dude, can you fucking imagine if that, if that was going on today? I mean, I guess we do got people getting killed by neo-Nazis. but Not just that, but I mean, think about, I mean, I know Adam's going to There was, out, there was outrage on both okay. sides. There was outrage on both, on both sides. <laughs> no, I'm saying just think about all the stuff that's going on with the anthem stuff with the NFL. Oh, that's what I'm saying. But Please. That's but because people have been getting murked, dude. Find another place to protest. But not prominent leaders. I mean, I'm not I'm not downplaying any of that. It's still horrible. Well, yeah, not leaders. You know? but, but, dude, can you imagine if, like, um, fucking... It, like Hillary was running against Donald Trump and just got assassinated. Murder. Yeah, but at the same time, right. think about it, dude. You cannot compare John F. Kennedy to Donald Trump. Donald Trump's a fucking I, I'm joke, not, dude. Yeah, I'm not he's saying not getting that. murked because he's a fucking retard. You can't say that on the air. Hey, I just said it. I on. get that, but I'm just saying, can you imagine if prominent leaders were getting murked left and right? That's fucking scary as fuck, dude. Hey, you're going to tell me JFK wasn't grabbing him by the pussy? I mean, he was doing it left and right. But I'm <laughs> saying he was, a, he was a true politician. Trump's a businessman. I'll, I'll give him that. This guy's in over his head as well. Hey, I'm but saying. honestly, if, uh, if it was as transparent, like relationship-wise as it is today, I'd say JFK was worse than Donald Trump. Dude, he threw, he had back problems from fucking, bro. That's good, dude. <laughs> That's good. That's your... <laughs> Dude, he fucking threw his back out from fucking from Marilyn Monroe fucking so hard. Monroe, dude. Good for him. Probably banging that dude in the CIA's dude. wife. That's why he got murked. Yeah, no way he would have been present day. Actually, there are some theories on that. Maybe we'll get to that in our jam. Well, Great I'm just saying, dude, I'd rather have a president that's out there just boning chicks left and right than some guy that doesn't even know what that fuck's going on. Okay. Well, he's boning Stormy Daniels left yep. and right. Now, that was one time. And he paid, <laughs> and he paid for it. Okay. He can't I don't think read. Marilyn Monroe was charging JFK for that dick. All right. Let's get back to a young Carter. So he sees young Watergate. Carter. He sees Watergate and he says, you know, when you're 16, 17 years old and you lose absolute faith in your mm. leaders, it's very disturbing. Well, is this guy really a surfer? Uh, now I'm starting to question that. 
Because I feel like if you're out there surfing, who gives a fuck? <laughs> okay, Old well, maybe that's your mindset. Jacket. Maybe this guy's breaking the stereotype, you fucking racist. <laughs> Is surfing a race? <laughs> it's a fucking lifestyle, bro. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. You're it's, out not, here. it's not a race of and people. You're out here saying we can't get political, dude? As a surfer, bro? Uh, that's offensive, dude. That's offensive. Okay, Max. Max Aaron would be offended right now. Oh, he probably is. Now, what team does he play for? Uh, now, he says his political views and opinions about the government and the people in the government were heavily influenced by the whole Watergate scandal. Yeah. But it was Mr. Carter's true passion of surfing that dictated where his career went. Because upon graduation from California State University at Long Beach, hey, same university as Steven Spielberg. Same university where my heart got broken. Um, he graduated with a degree in journalism, and Carter would go on to work for none other than Surfer Magazine, bro, uh, yeah. right up there in San Clemente for 13 years, bro. And he became the editor by the age of 28. Now, after 13 years, Carter gave up the editor position at Surfer Magazine to pursue a career in TV, hmm. and he began writing screenplays for Walt Disney. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was like one of his girlfriends, or maybe he later married her at the time, got him in because like her um, father was like a head honcho, one of the suits at hmm. Disney. Now, on film, um, one film that Carter wrote was The Brat Patrol, um, which was a bunch of military kids on base um, who were like uncovered the theft of government equipment going on. They tried to stop it, but like nobody listened to him. Um, and he went on to write several other screenplays for Disney and was well liked at the company because he was great at writing accurate quote unquote youth dialogue. Now this is from the Brat Patrol starring a young Sean Astin. Mm. Let's hear some of this youthful dialogue that he wrote. Leonard, when you bring heat on yourself, you bring heat on all of the Brat Patrol. We've been together for two years, and the place finally feels like home. Why float now? Take a fizzy, McGeorge. You know the rules. You make life what you can, and then you drift. That's good advice right there. Now, is that, uh, is that adequate, or do we want to play some more of that youth dialogue? That's adequate. <laughs> okay. So, he worked on numerous TV movies. That's a protein shake. <laughs> Did he say take a fizzy? Yeah. Is that a is that like a saying? I wouldn't know, dude. Take a fizzy, and the other kid sounds like he's from fucking casino. <laughs> you're bringing it, hey, you're bringing it down. Hey, we've been here for two fucking years already, eh? Hey, you're bringing heat on the whole fucking rap patrol over here. Hey, right? you know who you know who you're talking to. Hey. Look at the fucking brat patrol over here. You know, you're telling me to take a fucking fizzy. What the fuck does that even mean, huh? Hey, the only reason you have the brat patrol is because I made that possible. <laughs> I was over here in San Clemente for 13 fucking years trying to make this thing happen. Now, now you're going to bring heat on us? So he worked on numerous TV shows, uh, shows for Disney before pitching the X-Files in 1992. Uh, and apparently what I was reading, like he pitched it at first and they were like, no, 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 Said, no, no, no. We're not going to get nah. this. So he actually went, reworked it and then pitched it again. 
Um, he pitched it in the summer of 92, and he came up with the pilot script in December of that same year, and X-Files went into production by 93. And it is estimated that um, the budget for the the pilot episode was upwards of $2 million. Huh, young. Now, Carter himself wrote or co-wrote over 60 episodes. Among the most popular are The List, Postmodern Prometheus, and Triangle. All great episodes. Um, check them out in preparation for next week's episode if you haven't seen them already. Now, let's get into some influences. So, like we said earlier, Carter himself has never had a paranormal or a strange experience himself. So, never. you might... Never. Never. So you might be asking, how did he come up with this stuff? You might. Who writes this stuff? Who is writing this stuff? Would you be asking, how did he come up with this stuff? I mean, I want to take a look at the man behind the mask, yes. Okay. Now let's backtrack a little bit and take a look at some of the influences and the precursors to this legendary series. Now, we already discussed the Watergate scandal as having a big impact on Carter's upbringing and his thoughts towards the government. Can I interject here? Yeah. I apologize. I mean, think about this. This would be like, and what, what event in our lives, 9-11, would you say, kind of in, like impacting his life in that way? 100%, 9-11. Crazy to think about, man. Yeah. So, obviously, Watergate big impact and it's no secret this all played a big role in the show i mean it become it became one of the catchphrases of the show trust no one trust not no even bitch. trust no one not even the organization that you work for mm. um you know as the fbi molders constantly questioning them now Dude, one those of the, ain't loyal one mm. of the things that this guy um Muir writes in the X-Files FAQ, he discusses the time that it came out as uh, PAX America, mm. which was like, um, you know, we like, weren't in a war with anyone. Like it was the PAX Romana. I guess. Yeah. PAX River? <laughs> no. Um, and I think it means like peace, right? Yeah, it's Roman like, peace, so Roman American peace. peace. But I'm saying like, think about it, early 90s, mid 90s, like that was a good time to be alive. At least, I mean, I was a kid at the yeah. time, so maybe I saw things yeah, through a different yeah, colored yeah. lens. But I mean, it's just like Fight Club, you know, our generation has no great war, um, you know? Right. They're fucking, uh, they don't, they're, they're not like um, hailed as one of the greatest generations like the World War II dudes. Right, right. But, you know, he does write one thing which I kind of disagree with. He says... But then again, you can see it from both sides because he says there was like, so you had like Watergate, the Vietnam War, all that shit was like peak government mistrust. And then it kind of went down and it was like at an all time high. And then as soon as like Bush got elected, it, it went down. And talking Bush senior, right? Yeah. Through like the 2000s. Which I say... Yeah, because we had presidents in the Oval Office getting their dick sucked, dude. Hey, yeah, but hey, hey, I mean, hey. look at that. You got Bill Clinton getting blowjobs. You got fucking 9-11. Name a fucking bigger conspiracy than that. I'm all right with a guy getting blowjobs over getting buildings blown up. I mean, you know, I no, still think <laughs> I still think government mistrust was high. That's a good thing. But I guess the Bush administration was popular, like when it was first in office. Maybe if you live in Texas, hey, who doesn't hey, like a little Bush? I'm just saying the the whole election, uh, I, uh, it came down to like, um, who would you rather hang out with? You know, <laughs> I'm taking Bush every day over Al Gore. 
Uh, you got one guy whining maybe. about global warming and the other guy's doing coke. Hell yeah, I'm hanging out with Bush. <laughs> now, um, nonetheless, Watergate was definitely the biggest real-life influence on the show. We will get into some real-life episodes on part two. However, let's look at some of the most prominent TV and film influences. Now, right off the bat, we got any ideas right out front? Influences on the X-Files? I would think the Twilight Zone. Am I right? Now, a lot of people would say that, but apparently not so much. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that that, the Twilight Zone definitely played into it. But what was even bigger than that, playing into the X-Files, One Step Beyond. Now, this was on the air from 59 until 61. The audio video? Uh, No, not that. (laughs) Now, this show, um, um, One Step Beyond, influenced... X-Files more than the Twilight Zone, um, which is what, like like we were just saying, most people associate with X-Files. But One Step Beyond specifically influenced the X-Files because creator John Newland states he wanted the stories to be real in a sense that there had to be some proof, whether anecdotal or published. And in the narration of the show, they say... Explain it. We cannot. Disprove it. We cannot. We're simply inviting audiences to explore the unknown. So One Step Beyond explored many concepts that the X-Files dove into, including astral projection, reincarnation, possession, apparitions, and even alien abductions. Astral projection? Was that insidious? Yep, that's exactly insidious. Now, speaking of aliens, uh, The Invaders was another big influence. Uh, this was on air from 67 till 68, and this show was steeped in paranoia and aliens. Uh, being one of the first shows to present the idea that aliens are among us, hidden in human form, uh, an idea that the X-Files would run with some 25 years later. Aliens are among us. Clearly, this guy was from California. Oh, dude, this guy was fucking... Um, this guy's from fucking Bellflower, dude. Dude, he's fucking smoking a big fatty before he hops on that fucking cruiser every day and gets fucking barreled, bro. Mm. He's you already in outer space, dude. Yeah, dude. I don't need a rocket to get to outer space, bro. <laughs> um, British spy series uh, The Avengers on the air from 61 to 68. Not to be confused with uh, Cap and his gang. Yep. Influenced the whole Scully and Mulder, uh, male-female, yin and yang makeup of the X-Files. And Twin Peaks from 1990 to 92, another influence uh, where we can see similarities in the unconventional FBI agent storyline. Saw um, some great Twin Peaks this weekend. I don't know about you boys. <laughs> okay. So Mulder is essentially uh, another reincarnation of Dale Cooper, um, as well as the two story arcs of the murder of Laura Palmer and the mysteries of the Black Lodge. Um, the X-Files has whatever case the agents are on mixed in with the overall like grand government conspiracy syndicate storyline. And fun fact here. David Duchovny guest starred on Twin Peaks as a transgender DEA agent. Those were not the Twin Peaks I saw. <laughs> Very progressive for the I thought time. You were hanging out with your dad this weekend. Yeah. What are we talking about? You guys double teaming chicks? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long pause. Just busting one off before you sell the place. The number one show to influence the series more than anything was Kolchak the Night Stalker. Not the classic. Not dude. the guy with the lollipop. What? <laughs> Isn't that Kojak? Kojak. I don't know. Kujo. Kujo. That's a dog. Yeah. Kojak. That's your just Google it. The guy with the lollipop. No, I think there's <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, this guy? Kojak. He's got a lollipop in his mouth. Okay. He's right. Here we go. It's the guy from <laughs> He's right. No, no, no. Look. The guy from Kelly's Heroes. No, 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 no. Go up. Dude, no, this guy's way better, Kojak. Okay, well. From Kelly's Heroes. That's um, not what he was talking about. So Cold Shack, the nice stalker. Not Kojak, not the lollipop guy. Um, this was a 1974 series that evolved from a successful 72 TV movie called The Night Stalker. Now, uh, sounds a little creepy. This is cited by Carter as a key influence in his creation of The X Files. So the guys are creep. This show was also a response to the paranoia and mistrust in the wave of the Watergate scandal. Um, essentially, it's the story of an investigative journalist who looks into interesting cases, discovers strangeness of vampires, werewolves, aliens, Jack the Ripper, Satan worshippers, prehistoric monsters, the whole nine. In one movie? No, this is a oh, series. Show, this was okay. a, a series in 74. I actually watched an episode. Kolchak, the uh, Night Stalker, is played by Darren McGavin, none other than the dad from A Christmas Story. <laughs> and he is like a literally same character just like we talked about and he's in captain america he just has one yeah he just yeah. has one thing and it's it's honestly like um i could see this as being his job in a christmas story <laughs> he's moonlighting as this detective this is how he gets the lamp <laughs> yeah, yeah. from solving a case he's an investigative journalist and i watched the one there's one with like a satanic dog Ooh, which is pretty job. hilarious oh yeah almost See? like that See? um but yeah i mean this is also credited as the influence for the ever so famous monster of the week formula that carter would adapt um Carter even honors Kolchak on the show as Carter casted McGavin as Arthur Dales, the first agent to open the government's X-Files. This was in season five, episode 15, Travelers. Now, Shooter McGavin? <laughs> Darren McGavin, the dad from A Christmas Story. Friday the 13th, the series, um, The Magician, Project UFO, and Beyond Reality are other influential shows you can check out predating The X-Files. Now, in regards to films that inspired this series, um, what are we thinking? Anyone? Anyone? Films? Yeah. I mean, think of a movie from like the 90s that would have influenced this. You the 90s? The it's 90s? probably got to be before that. Well, yeah, it would be before. And 80s. Well, Friday the 13th, the series. How about the damn movie? Well, no. Well, actually, the series. Have you ever heard anything about the series? Yeah, I heard it was shit. I never, never really watched it. Actually, it sounds kind of cool from the premise. It's uh, Sounds cool. You know that premise. Rick and Morty episode where the devil opens the antique shop and it's like Stephen <laughs> oh, King's that yeah. That's so literally funny. the premise of Friday the 13th, the series. I it's like these that. kids 
find this antique shop that had like sold off um, relics and they have to like track each relic down because it's like some supernatural thing. Sounds mm. like goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a mask one. A little different. But okay, so. No, it's not. SRL. I bet you that was his influence too. Two films that vastly influence X Files JFK in 91 by Oliver Stone. Hmm. Um, this follows Jim Garrison on his quest to get the truth behind the JFK assassination. Um, this was the same guy, Jim Garrison, who subpoenaed Chrisman for questioning that we talked about in our Mari Island episode. Wow. Um, and X-Files draws its influence from the whole inside informant aspect, uh, the quest for truth. Um, and surprisingly, I was honestly surprised by this one, this film influence, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm. 91, hell of a year. Um <laughs> Carter himself cites this one as another key influence in creating the series. Uh, parallels can be seen in the FBI agent, Scully Clarice. Um, Hello, Clarice. Slowly unravels the bigger mystery, clue by clue, and even the distrust in the hierarchy of the FBI. Um, using agents as pawns is another similarity. Now that you say that, I definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I really didn't notice it right off the bat, but then I, as I was reading more about it, I was like, oh, you know, that actually makes sense. No, there's something I remember being exposed to at a young age, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Two hot redheads. Remember when Granddad made us watch that? Yeah, scarred me for the rest of my <laughs> yeah, life. I was like <laughs> six years old. This guy just, our grandpa just throws it on and he like, says, casually, oh, you guys want to check this out? Hey, Silence hey, of the Lambs. Two that's high redheads. Your grandpa, granddad did you right. He said, Silence of the Lambs. That's a bad one. So, of course, I start watching it. I'm fucking <laughs> scarred by Buffalo Bob tucking his dick in his fucking legs. Um, he's fucking laughing. Word. He's fucking, my grandpa's laughing at that scene. <laughs> and he goes, he, I remember like, it's the, you know, goodbye horses is playing. Well, now did cue, you, did you laugh when you saw that in clerks too? We'll cue that in. Of course. Okay. But so he's fucking, dude, I'm a, I'm six years old <laughs> and Buffalo Bob is dancing to goodbye horses. <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. And my grandpa's fucking laughing. And he goes, <laughs> He steps back from the camera and you see the whole body shot and he's like, got it tucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I've never been so scarred in my life. And when she's like screaming in the well, even when he beats her up to take her into his fucking well, I was fucking scarred by that. Oh yeah. I she, think we all were, buddy. Let's check this out. Um, obviously, we cannot solely credit Mr. Carter with the creation of this masterpiece, as there was a whole team of visionaries that worked together to make the show the hit that it was. Um, their influence on television and film reached pretty far from the humble beginnings on The X-Files. So first up, one of the other directors, we got this guy, David Nutter. Great name. Um, this guy directed that guy Irresistible... Fox. Well, he did direct the, <laughs> he did direct the episode Irresistible. Um very creepy, he did. very fucking creepy amongst others. Um he would go on to direct the infamous Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones. Mm. Are we familiar? Ooh, that's a great one. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Now, <laughs> that's your commentary. This guy fucks. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> Now, uh, some notable writers. That's we what got, I said. 
Okay, let's calm it down, guys. Let's bring it back down to one. That was so, funny. R- notable writers. We got Howard Gordon. Uh, this guy contributed to 20 episodes in seasons one through four, and most notably went on to join the writing staff of 24 and help develop the hit series Homeland. Also related to a man named Flash. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's probably his dad. <laughs> now, also this guy, Frank... <laughs> Spotnitz? Is that how you would say that? Sputnik? Frank Spotnitz. <laughs> uh, he wrote X-Files. He, wrote, he was a writer on X-Files from 94 to 2002, and he also co-wrote the 2008 film, I Want to Believe. Um, he would go on to co-produce and write the pilot for Man in the High Castle, uh, adaptation of Dick's novels for all you dickheads out there. Or in this studio. Yep. Now, James Wong and Glenn Morgan, this duo was with the X-Files from the jump and is responsible for several episodes that are referred to as classics here in the industry, um, Squeeze, Ice, and Beyond the Sea, and even some of the more controversial episodes, including Home, The Field Where I Died, and Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. One of my, that's actually probably one of my favorite episodes. Now, most notably, these guys went on to write Final Destination, and Wong also served as a writer and co-executive producer on American Horror Story. Mm. And probably, most notably, Vince Gilligan. Um, this guy was actually born and raised right in Richmond, Virginia. Contributed and after Vince Gill. Yeah. Yeah, contributed to 29 episodes on the X-Files and would go on to create a little-known show called Breaking Bad. Never heard of it. Uh, Now, I mean, this just goes to show you, you know, how connected Hollywood is. I mean, we talk about it constantly, like, on our Stephen King episodes. It's a boys club. It's almost like politics. (laughs) Yeah, or even, um, what was it, Steven Spielberg? Um, it's just like your homies, you know? Take your own office. Oh, hey, take your own office. Oh, hey, come direct Indiana Jones with me. Oh, uh, let's have all these guys wrote on the X-Files. We go on to create these fucking groundbreaking shows. I mean, you know, it's all it's all one big fucking web. <laughs> Would you call dragon. Homeland groundbreaking? At the time, yeah. Uh, 24? Yeah. Oh, that's just a little show. Nobody knows about that. Oh, my God. That's not what I said, you fuck. So you pulled the one show out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 24, Man in the High Castle, American Horror Story, Final Destination, Breaking Bad. I didn't say those ones, motherfucker. So you're being a dick to be a dick. Yeah, you're a dickhead. (laughs) Okay. I'm a real Um, dickhead, okay? Now... All that being said, uh, can you guys think of any shows that are inspired by the X Files? So weird. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. I would. Uh, I would honestly say that's probably X Files for kids, and that came out in like '99. So yeah, definitely. I think shows. Goosebumps was somewhat. Um, I think RL was on another level, as we discussed. You know, he was off on it in his own world, doing his own shit. Well, obviously, all those shows that you just fucking rattled off for us. Well, yeah. Breaking Bad in particular. <laughs> to some extent. Also, I would say maybe, um, like you were saying earlier, True Detective. Mm. Um, Definitely. What else? I mean, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Definitely yep, got yep. some X-Files vibes in there. 
Um, what else? What else we got? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Come on. Drawing a blank. Come on. Think of think of. Come anything. on. Black Mirror. You think so? Probably a little bit. I mean, there's no denying, you know, this show went on to um, influence a lot of shows. And X-Files. Kyle XY? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, probably. I'd say so. Um, X-Files actually became the the crucial bridge in TV from um, anthology to the serialized era of nowadays. It, like, bridged the gap between the anthology and serialized um, series because... Think about it. X-Files, while it's it's not an anthology series, like you can watch a random episode of X-Files and know what's going on. Like each episode plays like its own, like an anthology series, but they all tie into the overarching um, myth arc episodes. Mm, okay. Right? I, see I that. feel like Rick and Morty kind of. Or am I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, because I mean... Yeah, you can watch any episode of Rick and Morty and know what's going on, but also like there's little things in there that tie it all together. That tie it all together. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Um so you know, kind of like the that. Idea I mean, of it you yeah, yeah, you really didn't see that before the X-Files, you know? Um and X-Files was a it was a big deal at the time mm. for creating that cuz like the creators were saying, you know, you had to pay attention. Like a lot of people got tuned out by like season um 4 or 5 cuz they were like what the hell is going on? And it was like, you know, a lot of people say that's like the show's downfall, but they were writing a smart show and you had to pay attention and you couldn't miss an episode to know what was going on in the myth arc. But you could catch an episode here and there and still be a fan of the show. So, you know, they had all angles covered. Now we will get into the whole shebang on part two, getting into the show itself, um, some of the best episodes, uh, some real life X-Files, and probably... David Duchovny's sex addiction. Maybe a little thing called the Triple X Files. <laughs> yep. And that is where we will pick up next week. So stay tuned for part two of the X Files. And other than that, just uh, feel free to slide into those DMs, you know, Instagram, Podcast from Outer Space, or, you know, hit us up on the old email, Podcast from Outer Space at gmail.com. Shoot us uh, questions, concerns, comments, compliments. Maybe you're happy that Teabag's back on the show with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a lot of messages saying, hey, where's Teabag? Where's Teabag? I, I like to hear uh, Teabag's rebuttal. You're the, um, you're like the scully of the podcast, if you will. I don't know if that's good or bad. He's the girl. You're the... <laughs> now, see, we really could... the eye candy on the radio. We really could have used you last episode as the... Uh, you're, you're the what, glue that holds us together. You're buddy. what we like to call the official narrative guy. I don't know what that means, but I'm flat. Can I put that on my business card? Yeah, pyramids. Uh, narrative guy. Pyramids. Okay. Um, your consensus Adam by the bag. <laughs> narrative guy. Uh, official narrative guy. All right. You go by the official narrative. You go by the book. So uh, it'll be interesting talking uh, next week on some of these episodes, some of these opinions. You got I'm the looking, research guy and the narrative guy. And the lawyer guy. I'm looking forward to it. And the dick it. joke guy. <laughs> That's all of us. Okay, In so. In parentheses, narrative guy, dick joke guy. All right. Well, hey, you know, love hearing from you guys. Obviously, if ask and you shall receive. This was a very requested episode, right? Oh, yeah. Our most requested episode. There we go. Um, so, yeah, tune in next week uh, to hear all about the show itself. Really get into it, man. And um, stay safe out there, guys. And other than that. 
So long and thanks for all the fish. Been asking about me In case you're wondering I am him Around the world now back again Who's been asking about me In case you're wondering yeah, I'm right chair in my chair with my crown and my dear Queen B as I share my time with my ear Young Carter, go farther, go further, go harder Is that not why we came? And if not, then why bother?